Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome to episode 24 of There's No Place Like Tara, a Stargate Rewatch First Watch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we are going over season two, episode three, Prisoners. I don't, I never, I haven't thought of an AKA for this one. AKA the judgy blue light. AKA, may I have more please, sir? (laughs) AKA, please don't eat that. Wait, what's the TV show that was set in prison, like HBO or something? Oz? Yes. Stargate, <laughs> a.k.a. Oz. I have never <laughs> seen that show. Nowhere near as dark as Oz. <laughs> never <laughs> seen Oz before. I've seen a couple episodes. <laughs> Oz meets Sesame Street. <laughs> Alrighty. Awesome. Well, um, so Prisoners first aired on July 10th, 1998. Um, it was written by Terry Curtis Fox. This is the first episode he wrote. He has wrote yeah. a couple more. Okay. Uh, directed by David Mary Smith. Who we know. I know that name. Yeah. He did like the pilot, okay. you know, at the end of season one. That's all. That yeah, it's a good um, So the major guest star in this episode is Bonnie Bartlett. Okay. Okay. Now, I know you were watching the episode going... I know her. That person looks familiar. Did yes. you Did you look her up or no? No, I didn't. Okay, good. Because this is really awesome. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the cool fact is in 19... 19- 86, both her and her husband won Emmys on the same night for their roles in St. Elsewhere, whom they were playing married characters. (laughs) Well, then they shouldn't have won. They weren't acting. (laughs) They were just being married. Her and her husband have been married since 1951. Whoa, that's a long time. Her husband is William Daniels. Do I know that name? Yes, you do, because he voices Night Industry 2000, a.k.a. Kit. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm about to break your brain even more. Oh goodness! That he plays hurt. one other character that I'm sure is pivotal to your childhood oh. because he's pivotal to my childhood. Oh goodness, Mr. Feeny. <gasps> no way! Yes. <laughs> oh, Bartlett. has she been on Boy Meets World? I don't. I don't. Think I wonder she if she was, was on Boy Meets World. She may have been. I didn't. I just scanned her IMDb. I didn't see it on there. She's okay. done like a million things though. Wow. Um, okay. But yeah, her husband is Kit and Mr. Feeney. I didn't realize Mr. Feeney and Kit were the same person. Uh, well, you don't, and then you think of Kit's voice, and you're that like, makes sense. Oh no, now. that's Mr. Feeney's voice. Whoa. Yeah. Mr. Feeney. Side note: Watch Girl Meets World. <laughs> we that may have been brought up because we were watching Fuller House all weekend. No, no shame, no um, shame. It was, it was, it's seriously. We love it, guys. We both developed like hetero crushes on uh, Stephanie Tanner. Yes, I'm in love with that woman. Yes, I don't know if it's Stephanie Tanner or Jodie Sweetin. Probably both. Probably a little both. <laughs> uh, we discussed actually all weekend whether I am a the newer version of Stephanie or Kimmy Gibbler. I'm gonna go with Kimmy Gibbler. Uh, well. I was Stephanie in Full House. Yes, so, in the original one. In but the original I think in one, the adult version. I might be more. I'm gonna Kimmy go Gibbler. with Kimmy Gibbler. I took Probably. a BuzzFeed quiz. It did say I was a thousand percent Stephanie Tanner. I'll take it. Well, then that works. I'll be Kimmy yeah. Gibbler. Kimmy Gibbler is much uh, more tolerable in Fuller House than she was in. Full oh House. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so I, I'm, she's fine the same. yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. 
Anyway, so back to Bonnie. Um, <laughs> you might find her. So the one place you might find her face familiar, because it's the same reason I find, like, okay. I put together her face. Because she's in the pilot, but not really the pilot, but is actually the pilot because it was aired yes, last the of Firefly. I was going to say, are we talking Firefly? We're talking you're Firefly. Going, <laughs> you're talking about fake pilots, yes. real pilots, and air dates. And I must be talking about She Firefly. plays Patience. At the end of the first, like, that's the one where, like, you know, we can't take the stuff to Patience because she already shot you oh, once yeah. now. Oh, and so yeah. they try to sell her Patience the cargo on Whitefall and ends up still trying to, like, oh, kill them and double cross them and try okay, to get okay, the, okay. the rations for free. That must be where I know her face. I yeah. just remember thinking, I know this woman's face from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, she's Patience. Um, from here on out, though, I'm going to call her Mrs. Feeney. Yeah, she's Mrs. Feeney. That's basically <laughs> it. So, um... Into the episode. Let's go. Here we go. The team is walking through another planet that looks amazingly familiar, like the Pacific Northwest. Right. Weird. <laughs> I know. Oh, this happens. Yeah. Um, and Jack <laughs> is ready to go. They have been there for at least 24 hours. They've gotten no radio traffic, no indication of civilization. Um, I get the feeling they've met no one in this entire time they've been there. Yikes. Um, yeah. Janet does his usual arguing that they need to stay. Jack really wants to go. I need to meet the people and possibly some women. <laughs> Daniel is is two Stargate what Barney is to how I met your mother. <laughs> he totally is. <laughs> Suit up. <laughs> In your off world gear. <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, I will apologize ahead of time. Grace is on a lot of cold medication. So much <laughs> like I was last week. <laughs> Weird how that happens that friends catch colds so and from each other. <laughs> we are drinking uh, the bartender Nick uh, classic family remedy. Yeah, secret family remedy is what we were told. We weren't allowed to know much more than that, but it tastes delicious. Besides the fact that I've seen him make it multiple <laughs> times, I have no clue. And it. it's 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 coating my throat in amazingness. Yes, <laughs> and um, I'm this drunk. is actually <laughs> this drink is what got me through when I had mono shortly after we met yes. for like many weeks. Well, that's my... probably his fault. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Kaylee's here. She does not get any drinks, but she's got some really loud toys. She so. has a flash toy, <laughs> as in flash DC flash. That's right. We haven't decided uh, which Flash it is. I was going to say, is it Barry Allen? <laughs> uh, I <laughs> think they not? decided it was more Wally than Barry. Gotcha. All right. That's um, fair. But that was decided by people who know Flash much more than I do. Yeah, which is not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I get the feeling this conversation between Jack and Daniel is a conversation that happens on a lot of those missions we yeah, don't see. Yeah, I can definitely see Jack being like, all right, there's nothing here. Let's keep moving. And Daniel's like, but wait, I want to look but at all Things. Five yeah. more minutes, Mom. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So, um, suddenly, though, a man just sort of runs through the forest and collapses, scared for his life. He keeps repeating that Taldor is after him. Right. Um, we get the just Taldor is bad. Yeah. But Dana doesn't know what it means because that's his one right. job on this trip is to know what shit like that means. Um, he's very paranoid. They sort of... Jack is like, okay, this guy's not harmful in any way. And they start helping him back to the gate. When suddenly they're basically abducted by the aliens from the X-Files. I, right. I call it uh, the, the judgy blue light. <laughs> well, the judgy blue light comes the next scene. Oh, right, right, right. This was the, uh, right this was the alien That's abduction right. light. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We cut to them in the judgy blue light. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and there's a disembodied voice telling them that they, uh, they're prisoners now. And Daniel goes, 
That's right. Taldor means justice. Oh, oh yeah. Day late, a buck short. To be fair, I don't know what that would have really helped them in the previous scene, but still. No, but it might have. Well, knowing Jack, he would have figured something out based (laughs) off of that. He's smart. Um, So the voice says they trespassed on ancient grounds and they carried weapons. Then they helped a dude whose name is Rocher, but I'm just going to keep calling a running guy. Yeah. Since they since they did, they now share in his crime, which was murder. Hey, that's no good. No. Uh, they argue that they were explorers. They were helping a guy they didn't know. You know, they thought he was in trouble. They didn't know something was wrong. The voices don't give a shit. No. They were like, we are the judgy blue light. Yep. Get your shit together. And we're going to send you off to Through the Gate. Dun, dun, dun. And they're like, awesome. Sweet. Episode over. Home. The end. Credits. But no. Except. It's it's a, it's through the gate to the prison, Hedante, for the remainder of their lives. Wow! And Whoa. credits. <laughs> so clearly, it's the rest of their lives. There's no way they're getting out of this. No, prison. we're done. This no. this is over. This yep. show's over. Yeah. Stargate's so over. what happens in our prison? So what happens in the prison is uh, the team and the the running dude are thrown through the gate. Um, we're in what basically looks like underground caves. You can see like roots and dirt and rock walls and okay. It's really clean down there. Um, people start showing up and you hear like whistling in the background, which yeah. is, I think, just like to make someone's arrival creepier. I guess so. Yeah. It's like, what's the, p- I've never understood whistling, but that's mostly because I can't whistle. <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm, yeah. Whistling is creepy. The end. Basically. Unless oh. you're calling to Kaylee and that's. Or you're a, a bird from Snow White and the Seven yeah. Dwarfs. Clearly. Well, then whistling's highly important. Uh, so they also see like some shoes and there's like smoking non-connected feet anymore. Yeah. There's, there's dying. People are dead. Yep. All of the deads. Um, basically it's someone who was in the way of the kawoosh. Right. They're disintegrated by the vortex. Hey, that's not. Which, to be, if you're stuck in this shithole for life and you've been there for a number of years... There's worse ways to yeah, go. Yeah, I guess that would be nice and instant. It's instant. It's painless. It's not getting, like, suffocated or killed by some dude. Do we think it's painless? Well, it's pretty instantaneous. I guess it's instantaneous. But yeah. in that instant, I wonder if, like, are you... Well, like, to you be fair, you don't explode? remember it anymore. Sure. That's very <laughs> fair. It's a very fair assessment. So, you know... Um, <laughs> so someone runs in and takes the shoes... Because uh, everything's of value here. Right. Um, Carter is grabbed by a big, ugly guy. I mean, we don't know what kind of shoes he was wearing. What if he was wearing the new Jordans? I mean, exactly. That That's worth that a lot more currency yeah. on this world than yeah. it already is here. I mean, and it's worth a lot here. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue what they're worth here. <laughs> well, uh, we watched a video recently of a guy trying to jack another guy's Jordans. <laughs> and then the guy got in his car and ran him over. <laughs> I wear... Uh, Chuck- People <laughs> steal each other's shoes off their feet. <laughs> I wear Chuck Taylors and I still refuse to pay more than like 40 or 50 bucks for them. I think them, people so. stood in line for the latest Jordans the way we stood in line for Star Wars. I can understand that. <laughs> so, because Star Wars. Yeah. I so didn't stand in line nearly as long as other people we know, like Matt. Uh, yes, if you remember the tangent cast about Star Wars, um, I was remember there for that completely, many hours. And I'm very thankful, and I'm not going to say anything mean, <laughs> because I would have had a good seat. He stood in line for you. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, someone comes up, takes his shoes. Curtis then grabbed by a big ugly guy, uh, which we know we all can guess and understand why she's yeah. being attacked by the big ugly guy. Which, here's the thing. I um, 
give them credit because if it, in an episode like this, if they did not address the fact that all these guys, because you see almost no women right. except Liana, just a bunch of, if yeah. they didn't address the fact that these guys would be trying to rape her, then we'd call bullshit. And here they never actually say anything. Right. They never actually address it, but you know, clearly it's addressed. So that she's there. It's a threat that she's a woman. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I give them full credit because they, um, they covered this ground as tactfully as you possibly can. Yeah. While still being believable because you're going to have to address it. Yeah. Like, she's a yeah, woman. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, there's the no way they're going to pretend that it's exactly. not a big deal. Yeah. So... I mean, um, I'm surprised they didn't almost treat Daniel the same, which is very pretty. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, but Carter starts to put up a good fight. You know, yeah, nose butts him type yeah. thing. Um, not sure why the rest of the team doesn't try and help her out in this split second, but uh-huh. the thug's name is Vishnor. Um, and suddenly a woman calls out. And suddenly she Carter's, like, released. Sam's, like, free again. Yeah, whoa, yeah. So you, clearly we see this woman come in and she's got some power. Mm-hmm. Just on word alone. Yeah. So her name is Linnea. She puts her protection on Carter that no man can take her. Sam tries to say that it's, you know, it's not necessary. It's it's okay. And Linnea just ignores her for a split right. second, making sure her point was taken by Vishnu and all the other guys. Yeah. And then comes back to Sam. And she goes, it, it's not a sign of disrespect. Yeah. It's not that you can't take care of yourself. It's the fact that I know what it's like to be a woman here. She's like, you have not lived in my hood. Exactly. That's what she's telling her. <laughs> yeah. You are from the burbs. Yeah. And <laughs> this is the hood. Chill out. So yeah. um, Car- Sam understands, like Carter now understands it and, right. and says thank you. And Linnea then welcomes the guys and then walks off. Right. The end. Welcome party's done. <laughs> so they address our situation. They need a DHD to get out of here. There's none of that. Right. They need a power. If they don't have a DHD, they need a power source to manually dial the gate. Um, Jack tells Chilk to look scary and take point. <laughs> Which I think is sense, my yeah. favorite line ever. Of the episode. I'm going I'm to use that with people. <laughs> look scary and take point. <laughs> um, there's also a great Kaylee, moment. Look scary and take point. Kaylee couldn't look scary <laughs> and she dead. To. Yeah, and we're all dead. <laughs> She'd be a great distraction, though. She's damn <laughs> yeah, cute. Yeah, it's true. It'd be more of look cute and take point. <laughs> Go bite some ankles. You can melt the hardest of hearts. Uh, <laughs> um, um, there's also a great moment where they let, uh, like, the guys let Teal'c through because he has his scary face right. on, and then they close back up again when Jack's uh, trying no, to walk we're through. Done. Yeah. And then Jack's like, we're, um, we're with him, like, <laughs> yeah. the bouncers. Like, then. he's trying to get in the club. Yeah. He's like, no, no, we're, we're on the list. Yeah. With that guy, with scary guy. Yeah, we're with scary, scary guy. guy. <laughs> it's okay. So, Daniel compares this to Botany Bay. Okay. Here is our history according to Stargate. Yay! This was actually more fun. I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah, okay. So, Botany Bay, it's not just a ship in Star Trek, which is one of the places that I know it best, because that is the name of Khan's ship. Let me make one guess. Yeah. Is it Australia? It is Australia. Okay, Okay, that's all. That's all I got. (laughs) um, Botany Bay is a bay in Sydney. And um, speaking of the Endeavor Space Shuttle that we talked about a couple episodes ago... This is, like, James Cook and his endeavor first landed first in Botany one. Bay in, um, in, like, it's the first time landing on the Australian continent in 1770. Okay. So, eventually became a British penal colony, um, and almost immediately it's relocated to Sydney Cove. Okay, I'm sorry, I, you got lost me in penal colony. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a P 
penile colony. It's a penile colony. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm 12 years old. 12 years old. Okay, we're back. We're back. Uh, um, so uh, almost immediately, the colony was relocated to, to Sydney Cove, to Sydney okay. Harbor. But the name of Botany Bay stuck. So there's already cool. a saying being sent to Botany Bay. Sweet. Um, they... You know, they had been sending prisoners over to America for a long time. <laughs> right. Because that's basically... A, sure. Fun fact, that's where a lot of the original pre-American colonists yeah. came from, were, were all the bad people. Not all from. of our ancestors came on the main flower. No. <laughs> um, and... You know, we were getting a bit annoying around 1770 and yeah. like declaring we're independence busy and shit. ruining tea and doing all these other terrible things. So, needless to say, after about mm, 1776 or so, they couldn't send the convicts to the Americas anymore. Right. That's to the not colonies. So, um, 18 years later, after 1770, they set up a small colony. It was so that when James Cook landed there, the Botany Bay was actually originally called Stingray Harbor okay. because of a ton of stingrays. stingrays. And quickly they had like botanists and stuff on board and they were saying that there's a huge quantity of plants and things found there. That so makes... that's why it got renamed Botany Bay after that's botanist. cool. Yeah. So 18 years later, they set up a colony. They found that the land was shitty. There wasn't enough fresh water. So they moved up to Point Jackson, which was renamed Sydney Harbor. Oh, cool. So um, when the original ships landed, they had 850 convicts. And they weren't in prison there. Like, the punishment was just getting sent out of Britain. Yeah. It's just exile. Like, leave. Gotcha. Go do whatever you want over there. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and all the awesome stuff that happens to the native people in America, you know, with like yeah. smallpox and sealing their land and being really nice. <laughs> all that shit happened there to all the native people oh, as well. Aborigines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yes, Sydney, as most people remember, was founded as originally as a penal colony. And the last ships with prisoners landed in 1850. Um, I believe Australia de sort of formalized um, federation. I don't know if they necessarily classified as independence, but they formalized like they formed their own country. Okay. In I think 1901. Okay, yeah. Because I was so gonna say, how they're long they relatively new. Rule? Well, they're still they're still in, they still they still a territory. Okay. Like they still like the queen is still their monarch. Got it. Got um, it. But they're still a relatively new country. You know, because they were only the first Britons didn't arrive, didn't land there until 1770. That makes sense. They've been a country since 1901. So Australia, as the Australia we know, yeah, has is very young. Yes. Okay. Um, but a really cool fact that I found in the 2011 census, the population of Sydney was 4.39 million. Okay. But of that, 1.5 million of those people were born overseas. So about a quarter of the people were born. Overseas. Yeah, I just find that That's really cool. cool, which is why Sydney is such like this multicultural haven and why basically it's a really, 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 really cool city, which I really, really, really want to go to. I've never been. I did have one friend who I don't think she was from Sydney, but I think she spent time there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was from Australia and, and I just like yelling Margot at her. 
and just go, Margo, because that's her name, but that's the only thing I could get to, and she was the one person that I could get to chase me around the building. <laughs> <laughs> because I would run, I would run when people wanted me to make stuff for them. I would, I would literally run out of the room, and she was the one person that, that chased after me, which I attributed something to that Australian spirit, like, yeah, yeah. oh no, I'm getting what I need. Oh, I'm getting there. <laughs> you don't scare me. <laughs> Do you know what kind of spiders I grew up with? Oh my god, like the insects in Australia. Like, you want to know uh why such weird shit in animals and like plants and shit grows in australia it's because they've been so they've been literally like cut off from everything else They're for like, so we do long what we want. evolution <laughs> just went i don't give a fuck like, whatever we Watch want this natural selection sure look at this weird shit that's gonna watch this to live. platypus you want to yeah. look what i can do platypus <laughs> It's like that's where you know whoever you want to call it God or or, or science they went dr- they got drunk in Australia because it's and, Australia like that's they what just, you do they just started and then they got like some heat stroke yeah, and they yeah. just started putting shit together like Legos like <laughs> give me the duck what are you doing with the duck just, just give me the duck no, and the otter and a, give me the duck and, and a the beaver, otter and a beaver and a beaver just just give them to me I got a plan I got a plan <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> it's like it's like all. I basically feel like if, if if you didn't have like the Puritan and like very religious aspect that sort of took over America and made like back then America like a much more structured, rigid place, yeah. even with the convicts coming in, all those like you didn't have that. So Australia just went like, we're at the end of the world. Let's have a party for the rest of our lives. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Australia seems like basically the coolest country on the I'm, face I'm of the cool earth. I'm cool with that. Yeah. They seem like the most low-key people ever. Like, I would... Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> so, but the point of the story is Daniel got his facts wrong. What's impossible? Botany Bay wasn't renamed Sydney Harbor. They're two different places. Uh, that's impossible. That is the one thing Daniel is good at is, is <laughs> pushing his glasses up at us and going, actually. Well, actually, he got that fact wrong. <gasps> one so for Nixie, bam. zero for Daniel. So back <laughs> in the episode... They run into the guy that took the shoes. Um, he's in the hallway. He's sort of standing over a recently living body <laughs> and rips the necklace off and tries to give it to Sam as a gift for the protected one. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So then he notices Teal'c is very strong uh-huh. and asks if he's going to uh, challenge and beat Vishnor. And if you do that, can I be your friend? And yeah. Teal'c's just like, no. 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 I love Sam's reaction to the gift. He's like... No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Go away now, please. It's not even like a bad gift that you get somewhere where you're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. And like no, playing she's, nice. She's like, no. She doesn't. Yeah. She's not even playing I'm nice with this. not one. touching that. She's like, don't no, step far away from me. Back. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they split up now. Daniel and Teal'c are going to continue investigating Botany Bay, and Jack and Sam are going to go find Linnea. Before they go, Daniel has to trust Jack when he takes his glasses off and puts them in his pocket. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't have any signs of weakness in prison. Right. And I believe this is the first time you're like, and you would know. <laughs> well, yeah. I have a, yeah. I have a, what do we think? Do we think he knows? What, what it's like in prison? Yeah. Let's just say it seems like, uh, he seems like he's seen some shit. So whether he's actually been in prison or not, probably would trust his instincts on right, this. Right, that's true. At the very least, he's seen enough Oz yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, he watched a lot of Scared Straight as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, Jack and Sam go uh, go looking for Linnea, and they they push off the guy that the running guy that they saw in the forest. And there's a whole bunch of guys chasing him. And Jack says, you know, whatever they do to him, mm-hmm. it's not our problem. Right. Because Sam, true. like, wants to go save him. And Jack's like, not, no, 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 not our, steal. not our problem. I know this is like against, this is goes against your instincts, Sam, but like, leave it be. Yeah. Do not go sticking your neck out. This is not the place to do that. Um, and this is where you start to get the feeling this is not your his first time in Yeah, that's in when jail. you're like, well, he knows a little something. If anything, he just got a little more street smarts than anyone else on the team. Well, we pretty much knew that yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's pretty clear. Yeah, Like, him and Teal would be fine down an alley somewhere. Well, I mean, besides, if you think about it, look at all the adventures MacGyver went into, and Jack <laughs> has all of that knowledge that's somewhere true. in his yeah, brain. Yeah, that's how that works, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just hold it on in there. Because Jack was... He can tap into it. Like subconsciously, look, Jack was secret ops. We don't know if that secret ops is going undercover as Angus MacGyver. Do you think MacGyver is a dream of Jack's, or Jack is a dream of MacGyver's? Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> that's the alcohol what if talking. what if what if MacGyver <laughs> is a dream of Teal's? <laughs> Where he dreamt that. I, you know what? It would be more credible if it were a dream of Sam's. This is true. It's like what what she thinks like, that's Jack's like backstory her dreamy, is. Yeah, like her dreamy thing that she goes to bed with at night. That I sounds mean, dirtier than I meant it to. doesn't yeah. think MacGyver's dreamy? <laughs> He's pretty dreamy. Yeah, MacGyver's pretty dreamy. So, um... <laughs> Back at the SGC, uh, SG3 is reporting in. Oh, yeah. And they walk down the ramp, and one of them just shakes his head to Hammond, who's in the control room. Whatever they were on did not go well. I wish I wish the show was out now because then we could have like webisodes of the other SGTs. I know that'd be fun. That would be awesome. Let's make them. Okay, With Kaylee playing all the characters. Yep, yep. All right, let's stop. We can totally do that. <laughs> so back in prison, uh, Jack and Sam have found the Naya. She clearly has the nicest spot in this shithole, and it looks like a lab filled with. I have no clue how the where she got all this glowy. Right vials of glowness because nothing's coming in. They just send glop through yeah, for food. Yeah, magic. So, yeah, magic, clearly. Um, they're all, like, glowing as if this was some sort of living RPG, <laughs> yeah. I feel. Yeah. Um, so I feel like somebody needs to pick that up. It's glowing at you. You need to pick it up and yeah. store it in your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> it may come in handy later on. Yeah. Especially if you're a magic user. Yeah. Um, so, her... Also, can we talk about her outfit? Linnea's? Yeah. Okay. It's I'm, weird. I'm trying to remember what she's it's wearing. Like, it's like it's like a nudish color, but then there's these weird red tendril things oh, that yeah. come in the thing. Yeah. Like, that seems like a that? lot of sewing skill for well, a place where you don't even have a needle and thread. But what else do you have to do but learn how to sit there and play with it? I don't know. Maybe it just started as, like, this nude color thing, and then she got bored one day and added a little bit of red. Maybe. And then she added a little more red, and then she's like, fuck, what else am I going to do with Maybe. my life here? It's just quite <laughs> odd. I mean, it looks like the root system she has that she focuses on, so yeah. I guess that's sort of where it was derived from, but anyway... <laughs> So she notices that they're not locals, and Jack says they're from Earth, which is way, way out there. Yeah, that's not a place that you'll know. No. Uh, she says that she's come to understand that the Great Circle um, sent them to an entirely different world. Like, everyone in the prison is on an entirely different world. Right. And then this place one had once had life, was very populated, but now it's desolate. And this place yeah. where they're in is all that remains. Right. So it seems like... It seems like there's a civilization here um, 
And Linnea's people or the disembodied voices or, you know, right. told her or whatever, don't have space travel. But they have, like, this one gate address. It's, like, the only thing they know. Okay. And so it very much is, like, Botany Bay. It's, like, you just have to go here and I don't want to see you again. Yeah. No one's coming back from there's, here. We, no we notice yet. that there's no people here. Just go. Actually, I don't even give a shit if there are people there. Just go not where we are. <laughs> yeah, go far away from us because we don't want to deal with you anymore. Yeah. But Sam Bottoms lines it. The Stargate is the only way in or out. So, Lene explains that the people here think that if they stand in the way of the Great Wave, I'm doing quotation marks, right. the Kawush, um, the Stargate will return them to the other side. Jack, you know, informs them what really happens. That's death. That's death happens. Yeah, death yeah. happens. Um, and <laughs> Sam tries to explain it further. Um, but Linnea points out that there's two ways to control a society, through fear or through hope. Right. This world has constant fear. And the belief in escape, whether it's real or not, allows for hope. Which well, is that's a nice okay. Poignant I mean, thing, sure. But how much hope do they really have? I mean, are they really living in hope? No, or are they just kind of. But that I think that's her point. Is like this is literally the only hope okay. that exists here, which right, is why right. it 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 sort of fuels and stays as this flame because. When, you're, when your shitty option is only death, mm-hmm. but death is still the... I mean, look at where they're living. And yeah. look at how the conditions are. Okay. Like, if death literally... It, whether they know... It's, I have a hunch that a lot of these people don't actually think they're making it through the gate. Yeah, they're just... this. Is my, my hope is a, an easier death. Exactly. Death. Okay, sure. My hope I'll is to not be way. here anymore. Sure, I'll give it to you from so, that perspective. That, and, I, I'll take it. And if they have any sort of... Um, you know, I don't know if these people have any sort of spiritual belief. Maybe they think the the concept of when this kush takes me and I die, I get transformed into some spirit or I turn into yeah. some energy or, or... Or maybe it's really just as simple as, like, get me the fuck out of exactly. here. Exactly. A combination. Yeah. I can see maybe it's a combination. Yeah. Um, depending on the person. Um, so, Jack says that they actually might have a real way out of here. But the one thing they need is power mm. in the electrical kind. Not, like, the influential right. power over people kind. Right. Um, and Linnea says that they have something... They both have something that the other one wants. Right. So, back in the briefing room, the people who took SG-1 just gave SG-3 all their weapons and GDOs and everything. Mm-hmm. No explanation. They just said they were accused of a crime, sent to the gate to prison. And, like, they say accused. Not, right. like, proven guilty or... No, we just accused them. Just yeah. accused. But here's here's the thing though, they talk to the SG team, yeah, enough to say here's what they did, here's their stuff, yeah. So it almost throws you off your game because there is some sense of logic at play here. It's yeah. not just like crazy monster, crazy no. person thing. They're you like, get no, the no, no. feeling that these people like it's almost There's logical legi- yeah. to it's, a fault. Yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna need a little bit of smarts to get through this one. A little yeah. more than just. You, you know, it's not a clear line of good versus bad. No. Um, and they touch on that later on the fact that these people are open to diplomatic relations. Right. It's just, but you don't, don't break any of the rules. Bad. Yeah. There's an episode of Star Trek that's a lot like this. And I don't remember <laughs> the episode name, but like... Uh, um, that's almost hard. You got to bring your A-game to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Crusher just like walks in the wrong <laughs> thing and then he gets thrown Baby in jail. Crusher like... Like Wesley Crusher? Yeah, it was, okay. it's Wesley. I was going to say Will Wheaton. I decided gotcha. not to say Will Wheaton because there's a it. difference between Wesley Crusher. Anyways. Okay. Um, and I say Baby Crusher because he was still baby like he wasn't 
in the in Starfleet yet. Okay. You're saying words that are all Greek to me, but I'll take it. I differentiate them in my brain <laughs> once he gets in Starfleet and the Academy and beforehand. It's Baby Crusher wow. and then it's Wesley How Crusher. long did the show go for? Seven years. Wow. But Wesley wasn't in all of them because at some point he basically ascended into a different plane of existence. Whoa, that sounds like fun. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He joins the Traveler. <laughs> I remember him from Stand By Me. That's, that's what I know. I'm still not a Star Trek person. I remember him from Tabletop. Um, <laughs> yeah. And all the books I've read. And the bottle of beer he signed for me. And yeah. That's awesome. I really love what we can So, <laughs> um, and Hammond, but back to the episode, Hammond says this is now a diplomatic mission. Right. So he sends SG-9, who's the diplomatic team. Oh, I want to be on that team. Yeah, that seems like probably the best bet to stay alive. Yeah. Is the diplomatic well, team. Well, I like the, you know, I'm a, a communications person. I, I like rhetoric. I like, uh, you know, I like the idea of talking things out. Oh, see, and I was out. saying that this is probably the team that you're most oh, least no, likely you're gonna to die, die on. You're going to well, die. it's just your odds of dying are lower. But I I feel like they're less likely to be sent out on things. Like they're probably yeah. like a reserve. They're like group. on reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and but we have seen SG Nine before, by the way. Okay. I uh, remember that whole episode where there's some god worship and enslavement of people. Yes. Yeah, that was SG Nine too. So <laughs> needless to say, this is a whole different crew on SG Nine. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Considering everyone went one diverse and died. All dead. Yep. All the dead. Um, that's the one. Speaking of uh, Boy Meets World. That's okay. the one that had the dad from Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. It. Okay, now I remember it. Yeah. Oh, I just forgot both the actors and the characters' names. Doesn't matter. Anyways, so um, Lene has something to show off to Sam. It's show and tell time. So she puts some, she calls them activators. It's like a glowy colored water and an eyedropper. Yeah. Into a plant That's probably exactly thing. what it was. It's still, it's <laughs> literally exactly what it was. Into like a plant Thing. It looks like a like the dinosaur plant. Have you it seen looks a dinosaur like, plant. It like, is it the plant? The thing that looked like dying embers. Yes. Okay. It looked <laughs> like dying embers. <laughs> but anyway, she drops some stuff in, and it starts to glow green. Mm. Totally mm. normal, guys. So Sam asks if it's a chemical reaction. Uh, and then it goes, "It's more than that." And she ex- basically, we get they go back and forth a bit, but it's a reaction on the subatomic level. And Sam asks if it's organic based cold fusion. Um, and Linnea sort of says that the material combines with the cells of the root and makes new material and energy is released. Sam is completely astonished at this. Like, okay. her nerd, like, she has a nerd on right now yeah, that yeah, is yeah. so big. Because yeah. it's cold fusion, which she's, is... She just made cold fusion. Yes. So Jack starts to get a brain freeze. And <laughs> Sam yeah. points out that if they had this on Earth, they could eliminate pollution. Wow. So Jack just wants to know if it'll power the gate. And it might... Um, they just have to figure out how to, like, hook it up to right, the game. Right, Jack po- or Linnea points out um, that the permutations of the addresses are in the billions if you start dialing the combinations of symbols. Right. And Jack points out that Sam already figured that shit out long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. So if Linnea can provide the power, then they can take them with her. And then, st- you know, That's back right. on Earth, we'll sort of have a knowledge exchange. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, your, your price for helping us is you get to come to Earth. Exactly. So, um... Do you know what cold fusion is, Grace? No, nope. I'm not going to try to pretend that I know what cold fusion so, is. So, <laughs> cold fusion is completely theoretical. Okay. We have absolutely no clue how this would happen at the moment. Okay. So, it's basically the concept of cold fusion is a nuclear reaction that would happen at around room temperature. 
Okay. Like at least within Hence still like a hundred degrees, but like you don't have to. Yeah. Okay. So normally fusion happens in the center of suns at millions right. of degrees. Um, so fusion is safer than fission because okay. it doesn't uh, it doesn't spit out as much radioactive radioactivity. So it's a little more stable. radioactive activity. Yeah, it's a lot more stable. Okay. Um, I mean, again, stabilism quotation marks right here. relative to fission. Yeah. It, okay. It's stable more as in you have less harmful byproducts of it. Got it. So. There's tons of people in the past hundred years that claim they figured out, not even a hundred years, but anyways, that right. claim they figured out cold fusion. No one has. Wow. Um, it, for a point well, in time. Well, that's our next sta- a task, Nixie. <laughs> people are still working on it. At a point in time, though, you couldn't even get asked to a uh, scientific conference if you were talking about cold fusion. Wow. Like you were laughed off in the way that Daniel was laughed off in right. the movie right. Stargate. Okay. Um. It's the magic energy producer that everyone wants. It's starting to now get, you know, being more accepted, the research of it, but okay. it's still completely theoretical. Yeah. So I mean, everything's got to start somewhere. I don't understand. You would think scientists yeah. would be the, the most tolerable types of people, least likely to laugh at each other, <laughs> but maybe no, but I don't know. So That's just to clarify, thought. because I still get this confused, fusion versus fission. Okay. So, fusion is the fusing of two or more atoms into a larger one. Okay. This happens in stars. There's not as much radioactive part, um, particles spit out. Okay. But it takes a ton of energy. Like, okay. massive exponentially amounts of energy. But you get three or four more times, three to four times more energy than you do in fission. Okay. So, it takes a ton of more energy, but you get a ton you get of a more. Yes. Okay. Um, basically, this is a hydrogen bomb. Okay. They use fission to trigger a fusion reaction. So what is fission exactly? What's, how's fission different? Well, that's, that is, so fission is the splitting of atoms. Okay. Into more than one, whereas fusion is fusing them together. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and actually fission doesn't happen naturally. Okay. Um, this, when this, you can force this to happen and this produces just... Massive amounts of radioactivity particles. This is an atomic bomb. So fission is is basically the breaking apart, which makes more sense that there's yeah. more byproduct. Exactly. You're just kind of letting everything shit loose. Up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is an atomic bomb versus okay. a hydrogen bomb. Gotcha. Um. So it doesn't take a lot of energy to cause a fission reaction. Um. And this is used in nuclear power plants. They use fission to heat a coolant, which turns, uh, it heats water, which creates steam, and that steam powers a turbine to create electricity. Okay. So, basically, the end, the, the goal, the dream of many scientists, and part of the reason why they, the cold fusion is such a magical thing, is that right now, you, it's difficult to create fusion because it takes so much energy and takes so much heat, because heat okay. is energy. That if they're able to do cold fusion, that you could have a more stable nuclear power plant using fusion to create just endless power. So the reason that this theory even exists is this ideal magical thing to have. Okay. Because you you basically have free, cheap, clean energy. Gotcha. Okay. You're basically harnessing so no wonder. So it does sound like a pipe dream. It's it's a pipe dream, but it's like that pipe dream. If it ever happens, it's like. Yeah, yeah. Half of Earth's problems are gone because be there you wouldn't have to be fighting over oil or coal or resources <laughs> or anything. So basically, most of all, war would stop. 
Hey, that would be weird. Well, okay, half of war. All the all the war over they would have to, power. Let, let's be realistic. They would have to. We would have new reasons for war. Yes, but <laughs> if you have the technology, well, every saying, country have can have their own reasonings. Yes, for this is true. Wars. It wouldn't be over energy as much yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So back in the hallway in the episode. Um, Teal'c has a guy up against a wall and he's choking him. <laughs> and he tells him that if he ever tries to physically harm him or any of his companions, his patience will expire. And he drops the guy and the guy runs away. Like, I would have loved to see the scene before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I do love the fact that we just come into Teal'c choking a guy. Yeah, yeah. I hope that it wasn't just lazy writing. I yeah. hope that it was on purpose because it is kind of fun. So, um, Jack and Sam meet up with them. Daniel has figured out that this place is most likely an alien gate terminal, maybe over, you know, 15,000 years old. Um, but re- that's not really of any use. That doesn't so, do anything, yeah. Um, Jack and Sam say they found a power source, but it has a catch. And they don't know what Linnea is in prison for, but, I mean, they're here for nothing. Right. So uh, there's a chance that she's is innocent. Uh (laughs) Daniel points out uh, that when she warned the men to stay away from Sam, he didn't see respect in their eyes. He saw fear. Oh. So. Way to notice things. I know. I know. Sam isn't quite sure how they're powering the gate with the magic mushrooms, um, (laughs) but they don't have their GDOs either, even if they can dial the gate. So Daniel starts thinking of some alternate gate addresses they can dial. Okay. So the Stargate opens again, and it's dinner time. And I use that term loosely. <laughs> uh, SG-1 is forced to eat last because they're low man on the totem right. poles. Uh, the prisoners move a chute into place and some... I don't even want to use the term gruel. Yeah, it's paste. It's paste. Yeah, pour, basically it's paste. soylent green. Yeah. Pours through the gate. It's not green. <laughs> soylent gray. Pours through the gate. Um, Linnea gets... This Dickens-esh, <laughs> like, food... Yeah, it's just disgusting it's looking. It's just gross. It looks like if you let it harden, you could like build buildings build paper with paper mache with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, turns just turns. It's just liquid concrete is all yeah. it is. Probably solidifies really nicely in your yeah. gut Ugh. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but Linnea gets the first helping because she's you know queen here. Yeah. Vishnu gets the second because he's enforcer dude, and everyone then attacks it for their helpings. Yeah. And SG one is there at the end. And <laughs> tries this, and yeah. they're so excited. They're like, this is all I want to eat for the rest of the my life. The look on their face is just, this like, I can sad. taste how disgusting it is. Yeah, it's, it looks gross. It really does. It, 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 uh, uh. I'm hoping it was actually just some sort of oatmeal mix. Well, that's got to be what they threw down there. Yeah. And they probably, like, just desaturated a little but in post still, or something. It just looks disgusting. Yeah. So, um, back in the briefing room, Major Kovac, I don't think that's pronounced right, but I'm going to go with that. He's um, from SG-9. Okay. He's briefing Hammond. The SG-1 broke the law. We don't have to like it. We don't have to agree with it. But But that's what they think. We're probably going to have to respect it. They don't really give a shit if it's an honest mistake. It's zero tolerance, no appeals, single life sentence, imprisonment for any Jeez. offense that happens. Any, which, that part's a little harsh. It's like for any offense. And granted, they weren't sentenced. They no. were accused. Yeah. And it was like, no matter what you're accused of, it's life sentence, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. No, that part was pretty interesting. Like, I mean, okay, so. the, the blind guy that comes later said he stole some food because he was starving. Right, right. Um, so they have almost no crime in their world. Because well, yeah, because no one was scared. Exactly. 
Remember that whole thing about how you can rule civilization with hope or fear? Yeah, just straight up fear. Yep. Just don't do anything ever. Stop breathing wrong. And it's also the perfect thing of, in that type of society, that is one, like, you know that's going to be corrupt. You know yeah. that someone... It's also the perfect grounds for an uprising. It is, but you know someone high up on that board or whatever, if they have someone that they don't like, mm-hmm. they're just going to accuse them of something, yep. and, and there's no way that they can yeah. fight back. Yeah. I'm surprised that Prison Planet is a a breeding ground for the shit to finally happen. Someday when people will rise up and not be scared. Um, So SG-3 offers to go and break them out, but they have advanced technology there, and Mm. they could most likely get SG-1 out, but they'd make a huge enemy in the process. Right now, they're open to relations. Um, Hammond tells Kovac to go back and tell them they mean business. Mm. Actually, you know what? Hammond's going to go and tell him himself. I'll tell him myself, yeah. <laughs> um, so Sam goes and talks with Linnea. Uh-huh. And she wants it's to... It's kind of like when your mom gets out of the car to deal with something that she's yeah. been having to deal with. You're like, yeah. no, 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 I got this. <laughs> Stay in the car, mom, please, please, please. Don't get, please. Please don't get out of the car. Please, please don't, don't get out of the car. car. <laughs> it's going to be bad for me. Yeah. It's going to end up badly for me. Uh, please. Um, You're embarrassing me. <laughs> so, um... Sam goes to talk to Linnea, though, and she wants to know what Linnea's crime was. Mm. Um, Linnea says that there was an experiment with tr- tragic consequences. Thousands of people died. There was a plague. Um, she offers assistance, but instead of being able to stop it, all she did is accelerate the effects. And she got the blame for it. Mm. Sam isn't really surprised because SG-1 doesn't really deserve to be there either. Right. But Linnea says she accepts responsibility for her actions. And she... You know, after talking with Sam, she's going to accept SG-1's offer. Because the balance of power here on the prison world um, has been altered. Vishnor and his followers are going to challenge uh, Jack and Teal'c. Most likely they're going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. They're like, they're going to have to win because otherwise they're dead. Like, this is a duel to the death. That's how we work here. Yeah. So back at the SGC, Hammond is geared up. <laughs> Suit up, Hammond. Nice. Um, Kovac is is really not fond of the Teldor. He thinks they're arrogant, narrow-minded, yeah. self-centered. They kind of are. Hammond kind of cuts are. him off there. <laughs> um, because they want to maintain diplomatic contact at least, which yeah. is the one benefit that they have going right now, yeah. which is stopping SG-1 from it's just the, blasting It's their the only open, open door. Yep. So Kovac tries to give him some advice about going through the gates, and as he's talking, Hammond just interrupts him, saying he's going to figure it out on the way, because <laughs> Hammond's got this. Yeah. Because Hammond's badass. Because he's Hammond. He's Hammond. like, get off of my case. Yeah. I've been around the block, son. I've wrestled bears, and, and I think he's, he was Ernest, Ernest Hemingway in a Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's wrestled bears, yeah. Yeah. like, He was Teddy and then he was Ernest Hemingway, yeah. and then he was Hammond. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing this <laughs> since you were in diapers, son. <laughs> I can deal with it. It's just a gate. Yeah. But, um, and as he goes through, he kind of shakes his head and goes, the things I do for these people. <laughs> these are his problem children. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they are. They're his children and he loves them. Like, oh my God, can't they just sit he, still? Would he have let Kovac go and deal with it himself? It was a team other than SG-1? No. No. <laughs> yeah, he would have, he would have been like, fine. Just We're going to lose a team. Report back to me. He but, probably would have waited and sent SG-1. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, well, fuck, and now it's you guys? You guys are the ones I turn to to fix things. Now to go fix shit myself yeah yeah um 
We do have this really amazing, couple amazing shots looking back through the transparent blue gate at Hammond yeah. from the back, which is the first time we really like seen this. like his hero shot. Yeah, well, most of the time, you can't, we don't see through the Stargate. It's right. just like blue ripples. This is the first time it actually is transparent. Yeah. And we see Hammond, and we see them disappear into the gate. It's just really cool. Yeah, I agree. It was a cool shot. So but Dan- if anyone deserves it, it's Hammond. Definitely. So Daniel's figuring out addresses. Um, and Sam shows up and says that Linnea has agreed to help them win the Stargate, I mean, to get the Stargate up and running. And we, and then when the Stargate starts, and we get up for crying out loud, because yeah. the gate starts to light up. It's been a couple episodes, so we're happy yeah, to see done. it back. We see people running towards the gate, like, before the kush happens. Right, right. And they're getting ready to, you know, commit themselves to the kush. Yeah, they're basically about to kill themselves. And Daniel stands right where the kush is going to be and tries to stop them, telling them that they're going to die. That seems like a terrible place to stand when you do this. Yes. That's, <laughs> um, that might have read that down. It's like, don't do that. Don't stand there. Don't do that. Um, and the guy, the runner guy in the forest that they saved, throws him out of the way just as the kush opens up and kills all three of the prisoners. And it also spits out a new guy... Who's mm-hmm. blind. Okay. Vishnor is pissed at Daniel for interfering. Mm-hmm. Linnea tries to stop it, but Vishnor says, Daniel has challenged him and he accepts. And Daniel's like, I'm sorry, I what? What happened? What? I wasn't even wearing my glasses. I was dead at the time. You? Yeah. Um, so he attacks Daniel with a big bear hug from the back. Uh-huh. Um, while other people stop Jack yeah. and like wrap a, a root around his neck to strangle him. Uh-huh. Um, they avoid Carter, though. She's under protection. Well, yeah. Can't touch Carter. Um, and she tries to get Lene to stop, but she's like, I, I it's won't. It's not my fight. I told you this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then she calls for Teal because for some reason Teal wasn't here. Well, the one time you need Teal, yeah. he's over, you know, showing people his cool scars. So Daniel is in a chokehold and then just passes out from yeah. lack of oxygen. <laughs> yeah. And Linnea holds up a, she has like a circle device in her hand. Uh-huh. And Vishnu then just like shocks and falls to the ground. Teal comes in, gut sucker punches the guy that has Jack. Yes. Yeah. Days just start fighting. Teal is sort of stabbed in the side and we never see it again because it's Teal and he's, he's just like he's healed yeah. five minutes later. Yep. Um, Linnea turns off her little device and the entire crowd just shuts up. Right. Because things have gone nuts and now we don't know what's happening. Yeah. So Daniel is alive. Yeah. Barely. He's just holding on. So in the spotlight room, uh, Hammond says that yes, <laughs> in the judgy blue light, in the judgy blue light room, that yes, he's responsible for SG one, and Kovac clarifies that like no, in yeah. no way is he resp- saying that he is responsible for SG one. Yeah. He's trying to not get him in trouble. Yeah, and Hammond's just like, no, I, no, no, deeper. I did it. And, and Kovac's like, no, 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 that's not what he's saying. He's like, no, it is. No, I, I said you looked fat. And he goes, no, no, that's not what he's saying. No, you do. You look really fat in that dress. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what he meant to say. No, he thinks that he would look better in a different color dress. And he's like, no, she looks fat in that dress. Like, just callous wrongness. Yeah. yeah. Kovac keeps trying to, like, lawyer his way out of this. Yeah. And Ham is just like, nope. He's like the worst client in the world. It's like, like, let your lawyer speak for you. Yeah. He goes, he, he, he says he will gladly hold himself responsible. Kovac is just... Annoyed and pissed off and basically right. throws up his hands at this He's point. Like, ah, going, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, do what you gotta do. Um... Hammond says that uh, he's gonna. he wants to take the place of SG-1. Like, I will take their place if you let them go. 
Um, but the Teldor says that they can't allow that uh, because he's not the one that did the crime. Yeah. And Hammond drops the bomb and he says that the continued imprisonment of SG-1 will be considered a hostile act and peaceful negotiations will end. But the voices do nothing. Like, because they, yeah. they're like, no one returns from this prison. Like, yeah, the end. It doesn't, you yeah. can say that all you want, no one returns, there's nothing we can you do. You can't convince them of anything more, like, now we realize how dangerous they are. Yeah. At first it's like, there's an inkling and it's like, okay, they're not working at idiot level. Like, they're not yeah. just simple. They're not simple. No, they're highly intelligent. They're highly intelligent, but they're highly intelligent in the most wrong way. They're highly intelligent It's a little metaphor yeah. of people currently in the media, <laughs> certain politicians. <laughs> they're they're not, not saying dumb. any names. We're not saying any names, Donald Trump. <laughs> but we're saying that no one's saying they're dumb. They're just wrong. Can I just <laughs> and that's say, even worse. Speaking of Fuller House, I love the fact where Max, the middle kid, was saying, I already know all the dirty words. He's like, booger, but Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, they, they Trump on twice in that first episode. Because then he's like, something is like, that's just so Trump. And yeah. I'm like, I may start <laughs> it using smells that. smells like Trump in here. That's, that's what it. he says, yeah. I'm like, I may start using that. Okay, back to the show. Back to the show. <laughs> So in Linnea's lab, um, she's done what she can for Daniel. Somehow he won. Uh, and yeah, I, I wasn't sure that I understood how he won. Well, I think they imply later on that she took down Vishnor with her little thing without anyone noticing to help out. So basically she did help out. And yeah, it made it seem like Daniel. But like okay. she never even blatantly Because I was it. like, did I miss something? Yeah, there's a couple things in this episode where they're like... I, Blink and you'll miss them. Yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that they don't spell everything out. Yeah, but it's I agree. It it to me, a couple of them like this almost seem like it's not that you weren't treating us like intelligent viewers. It's that you had a little plot hole in your writing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, I almost wish they had um, Daniel actually beat Vishnor somehow. Yeah, I mean, there's ways. I know Daniel's not like that, but have like mine, but it could have been accidentally. Like he, David beat Goliath. Exactly, there's ways to do it. I feel like there could have been sort of a an, a an accidental, or he finds some way that he he spins and he like knocks him out of yeah, the Stargate completely edge by accident. But yeah. still, Daniel's doing exactly. I would have loved that. Yeah, um, let's rewrite the episode. Yes. Done. Done. <laughs> so she goes to the blind man who just came through the gate, yes. and he was sent here because he took food. Um, she puts some drops in his eyes, and magically he can see again. Yeah. Yeah. What? No. Yeah. It's well. Listen. It's it's. it's I mean, I guess liquid if she made cold fusion. Blind LASIK. Yeah. Blind person reversal LASIK yikes. drops. Yeah. No. There's. Yeah. This is this is this is plot. This yeah. is magical plot healing. Yeah. Um, because magic we can see again, but as soon as he sees Linnea, he shrinks back in complete fear and runs away. Right. He's like, something is terrible here. No one asks questions. Um, so Daniel comes to and they poke fun at him. Um, but he remembers the planet that SG-3 was going to go to on the next mission. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And he came to it while he was, you know, suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> they can meet up with SG-3 and they can help them get back Back to the SGC right. with it's the GDO. Daniel remembers random shit that nobody else cares about. Yeah, because it ends up coming in handy every time. Every once in a while, yeah, yeah. So now they just have to figure out how to dial the gate. Um, Jack asks if they send food, and he uses that term loosely yeah. on a regular <laughs> basis. Yeah, uh, it's about the same time every day. 
So that's when they're going to do it, when right, everyone's when away eating. Okay. So the next day, um, the people of the prison thinks that Daniel killed Vishnor. Oh, so right. he gets to distribute the food because yeah. he's now, you know. He's the first food man. Head lion or whatever. Yeah. He's the, the king of the pride. So I think this is where you kind of get the idea that Linnea... This is where I think I caught on that Linnea ended up killing Vishnor for Daniel. Okay. Um, but he gives Linnea's food... And then he's like, all you guys now have to wait because my people get That's food right. next. That's uh, right. That's right. I, 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 you know, give food to my people first. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else gets their food and leaves. So they start rigging up power to the Stargate, wrapping all the vines and everything right. around it. I love how before they're like, I don't know clue how we're going to connect these things. And they're just like wrapping it around. Now they're just like, let's just throw it at it. Exactly. Let's just throw it at the start. It just absorbs electricity That's somehow. That's how things work, right? Osmosis. Yeah. Like everything just happens via osmosis. Like there's no plug. I'm just going to set my phone next to the outlet on the wall. Uh-huh. That'll charge it, right? Like It's like, it's like, it's you know how in, in Apollo 13 where they have to, you know, get a round filter in a square hole or the opposite <laughs> of it yeah. to scrub it. It's It's like... I need to charge my iPhone, but all I have is an Android card. You just well, you just it. wrap the cord around <laughs> the phone. That'll do it. And it powers it. Perfection. Oh, good call. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it turns out to be super easy to power this gate, and they just effortlessly do it. Yeah. And dial and because head through. <laughs> and then a couple of the prisoners notice and run through the gate. Um, blind ex Former blind man gets through, but everyone else just doesn't. Or like yeah. mid mid through the gate just disappear, it disintegrates. Yeah, death, yeah. Um so we cut to then SG one and Linnea walking down the gate, wrecking down the ramp in the gate room. Yep, everything's done now, right? We're fine, we Story made it over. Home. the end. Jack explains to Hammond that they just broke out of prison. The end. Hammond looks very confused. Oh, you crazy kids. Because he just spent two days negotiating <laughs> the release with no luck. <laughs> uh, and they introduce Hammond to Linnea. Um, Hammond says they owe her a great debt and she is welcome. Sam says they brought her, brought back some of her root and her activators. Uh, and Sam, like, is literally just, like, washing her hands over, just, like, cannot wait, is drooling to get these right, things back right. to the lab to try to get she's like, look them. at all my new toys. I got toys. Look at the Legos I got for Christmas, guys. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So in Sam's lab, she uses Linnea to a computer and they start looking at fabricating her activators. Mm-hmm. Every time I see a scene, uh, scene like this, I just think of in Star Trek for the Voyage Home when uh, Scotty, he's being introduced to like the 1980s computer and he like <laughs> cracks his fingers and he picks up the uh, uh, mouse the mouse, and st- goes, hello, computer, like right into <laughs> the mouse. Like a speaker? Yeah, if it's voice activated. Uh-huh. And they're like, there's a keyboard. And he goes, oh, how quaint. And he cracks him and he's just like, he starts like finger punching like, like you know, the old dad. And all of a sudden he's just like going in a thousand words per yeah. minute. <laughs> that sounds about right. Which is essentially what Linnea does right here because yeah. the next time you see her, she's like, I've been using a computer my whole life. I just life. hacked everything in, in your life ever. <laughs> um, I won at computers. So the that's brief- a thing, right? Yeah. You can win at computers. You can win at computers. I won at computers. So, in the briefing room, um, the rest of SG-1 are recounting their fun times in prison to Hammond and how Daniel won a fight. <laughs> uh, and SG-3 brings in the former blind man, because they were, like, lurking around SG-3 on the planet. <laughs> and 
He explains that the first thing he saw when he got his vision was the destroyer of worlds. The destroyer of worlds. That, That's where do I know that from? I will. I will get to that. Okay, sorry. Um, that Linnea uh, created a sickness. She is the destroyer. She didn't help the try to help the plague. She told Sam Whoa. about. She started the plague. Whoa. So back in Sam's lab. Um, Sam is explaining the Stargate system and all the knowledge that is in the computers. Ananea says that she is in their debt and it won't be forgotten. Back in um, the briefing room, um, the former blind man says that um, the Toldor or whatever, the voiceless people, basically live in island states. And, you know, she created a sickness that she couldn't catch herself. And half the people of her, that little state, died. Oh, wow. She promised to save the rest of the planet, but it just spread. And this plague that she, quote unquote, she created killed half the world. Right, right. So we figure out that not only is she not innocent Mm -hmm. of anything, she basically is a super evil. Yes. Yeah, like she very much deserved to be in that prison. Yeah. According to... And I'm going to touch on that in a bit. According to the blind man. Yeah. So, um, back in Sam's lab, it looks like Naya has uh, used a computer for ages. And Mm -hmm. behind her, Sam and a couple others are unconscious on the floor. Hey, that's not good. So, Hammond and the rescued one are going... Or walking down the corridor, about to talk to Naya. And then the alarm goes off. Because the Stargate's dialing. That's not good. Without authorization. Yeah. They reach the control room and they find the gate room is sealed. Like, the blast-out door and everything is down, and they can't stop the Stargate. Jammond yeah. starts the uh, manual override. That's right. Jammond That's right. Jammond is back. Jack and Hammond, for those of you who weren't paying attention last time. Um, <laughs> Sam shows up and says that when they woke back up, Linnea was gone. They mm-hmm. finally were able to get the blast doors open, and Linnea is standing on the ramp in front of an active gate, and she's just like, smile. Walk through the gate. She's like, peace, I'm out. Um, they tried to shut the gate down before that. They can't. The auto-destruct is now set for 30 seconds. They can't even get the iris closed. Um, they can't shut the system down. Like, the system is shit. Like, they can't do a damn thing. Yeah, she, she hacked, them, hacked and them. She just broke them. She got the coordinates. She got everything. The self-destruct is now at 10 seconds, and it starts counting down. Everyone's confused. Like, there's nothing they can do. No, they're done. Everything they try to do is failing. They can't get in the computer at all. Um, and the countdown finishes, and nothing happens. It was like a false countdown. Uh, okay. Jack is about to go after her, but the lights, the entire, like, all the lights, they, like, lose power. Yeah. The entire place. And the system crashes. And on the screen, a message types on slowly. Thank you for your kindness. All debts have now been paid. And they say they let her out, the destroyer of worlds. Yep. And holy fart. So I am death, the destroyer of worlds, Uh is actually a quote, quote, and I always pronounce this wrong, the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita. Yes. I always drop a syllable in the middle of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is it's it's a Hindu text. Yes. Um, means the song of Lord, song of the Lord. Okay. Um, it's actually pretty cool. I read at least tried to understand part of it a while oh, back. Oh, cool, cool. It's a really really interesting text. Um, but I think more people know it because I am death, the destroyer world is a quote by J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh. Who is a key person the in the Manhattan, Manhattan Project. Project? Okay. Because that was you know a. Th- 
thing that was made that he kind of went, that probably shouldn't have been no. used in that way. No, that's um, not what I meant to do there. It's yeah. also what the Daleks call the Doctor. <laughs> the Destroyer, Destroyer of Worlds. <laughs> which is maybe most top honest, in your that's list. probably where I know it from. Because um, you said Oppenheimer, and I'm like, oh, cool, I know that name. I know yeah. that, but that's not what I'm No, 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 it's, 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 doctor. it's the Doctor. I am Death, the Destroyer of Worlds. That's um, right. So... Here is the big question in here. Okay. And, you know, I, it's a question of which one, who do you believe? Well, because did she actually start this sickness? Yes. And I, well, I have one, before, before your opinion, yeah. I, I put forth the concept of if something like this happened today uh-huh. in, with the media that we have today. And you have a sickness that starts spreading over the world. Say it's the zombie virus, if you uh-huh. want. And you have this person who comes on publicly saying, please let me help you. I think I can help you. Right. But that person, through much perceived effort, tells you how much they're trying and fails. Mm-hmm. Would, even if that person is being honest, that they were trying to help, they think they're able to help, please let me help you, and they fail... Would society be so desperate in this horrible outbreak that they're looking for a scapegoat? Yeah, absolutely. And they they see this person who is not getting the illness, but who's trying to help them. And you just see people die at her hand. Yeah. So that's... And that's where I can see that there is a chance that she might be telling the truth. There's definitely a perspective there that it needs to be addressed. But before we even get there, we need to confront the fact that the Stargate team yes. does not have a code. You know, much like Walking Dead, I don't know if anybody watches Walking Dead, it has this code of how you let people into the circle. Yeah, of the, how the you three trust questions. People. They have the three questions. Yep. The Stargate team doesn't have that. Now, you're dealing with no. the entire world safety. Yes. And they just kind of, based off of, you know, Sam's desire to know about cold fusion. Well. Based off of the, the fact that this one person helped them one time. Yeah. There's no code there. So well, I think that needs to be addressed, too. Yes. Now, as far as Linnea herself, she clearly is a smart lady. Yes. There's a lot of power there. She's clearly... I mean, she's a genius. She's not yeah. just smart. She's yeah. clearly a genius. And we're not dealing with... We. It seems like we're dealing with some rash people, um, the yeah. people on this planet. The, the judgy light people. But they're not idiots either. No. And so, did they get to this place of, of being this rash, this zero tolerance because of the stuff they've been through? And or has that always been did the this, case? Did this prison, was this prison around before this plague or not? Right. Was this created? So, is is the type of judgment that we're seeing here created because of yeah. the illness that Linnea because created or, the, or helped the woman, the, the guy who was blind does not, he's, he's not young, he's not old. Right. Like... It's how how long ago was this plague? Yeah. Was this five there's, years ago? There's so many. Was this thirty years yeah. ago? There's so many variables at play, and and we don't know what's left of. We don't know what Linnea left to the Stargate team. No. The, the, so we don't really have anything to judge. No. There's no way to kind of make a connection. Say, well, she's good because of this, or she's bad because of this. And I think that she could have just saved the team to get herself out of that prison. Yes. Um, that's still a very viable option. Yes. And it's the question of, you know, she won another prison either way, but, you know, we see how quick 
the they sent SG-1 to prison. Yeah. So if this was a policy that they had in place before this plague happened, yeah. and they really, because the society was such an a uproar that no one was able to save anything, that they did need a scapegoat, mm-hmm. I can completely see that they have a logic in their brain that the the this rest of the population the population needs someone to blame mm-hmm. and this is a person that we can blame and no one's going to ask any questions if we do sure and after she was sent to prison this mythos was built around her in her absence that she is the destroyer of worlds well and, and it's possible that she didn't uh, purposefully do something. Yes. It's, it's possible that she was trying to help. That it was an accident. The, well, and even if it was an accident, it's possible that all these things are true, but that does not change the circumstances now. Mm-mm. Even if she was completely innocent of any wrongdoing, she even if all her intentions Sam out and lied to them to right, the best she wants. She's been in this prison. Yep. She's lied to the team. She's incredibly powerful. Yeah. She's got a lot of information. I still think she's a dangerous person. I think she's a dangerous person. I almost wonder if you know, if this whole concept of the fact that she's a scapegoat came to play, if mm-hmm. she gets off world, you know, she could just be so frightened that she needs to get off on her own because she's like, I've already lost. She's probably all if she was a scapegoat, she's lost all faith in, in right. humanity and her humanity because she's was scapegoated for killing half That's the entire planet. Saying. So she could be sitting here and like, how is this? She wasn't going to treat me any differently. Yeah. How is this planet going to treat me any differently? And she's just trying to get away. So, so my thought is not so much of her Whether past. she was innocent or not. It's what she it's did what here in this episode. Now. Yeah. And because that's where we are now. And, and that's. So this is where the SG team becomes responsible for something. Yeah. Like, we let this woman out. Who did we let out? Exactly. Did we let out a possible, whether she wasn't a destroyer of worlds, could she now be a destroyer exactly. of worlds? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's my thought. Yeah. That's where I'm at. So we kind of got to see what she left us with. I mean. And I will say, going back to the three questions, I uh-huh. think the three questions in Walking Dead are something like, um, have you killed someone? How many have people you, have you killed? How, how many, many walkers have you and killed? Why? And why? I think it's difficult when you're going out to these other planets to have questions like that because because you're dealing with such different... It's not just different people, but it's different ways of thought. Well, there's different ways of thought. There's different ways of living. It's an, everything's entirely different. And I'm not saying it's so, it's so literal yeah. as that, but there is it's a way to um, read personalities and figure and at the, out at the very a least. I guess it, we yeah a code of ethics at least that sort of aligns with your own. Yeah. Because going back, we were talking about the Aztecs last yeah. week. You can't ask the Aztecs right questions like that because and, they're moral and ethic codes. And the thing is, and and ours isn't the very top of the list no. either. I mean, let's look at the knots. No, no, no. So we just want to see whether someone's going to harm us or not. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, I think for the SG team. Are you? It's it's. What you need to de- to figure out is one: Are you advanced enough to harm us? Yeah. Or are you less advanced than us? Two: Is your desire to harm us? Yeah. Because I think it's not necessarily finding a making sure that these different planets you go to, if their code of ethics are good or bad or where they align. I think right. it's more finding people. You're going to be able to easily work with people whose code of ethics align with your own. Right. Right. Whatever that alignment may be. Yeah. You could be a chaotic good or chaotic neutral or evil good or, you know. Right, right. 
But as long as you have someone who you can work with, and clearly Linnea is not someone who... And the, the Toldor are not know. people. I just, the Toldor are not those people. They're not people. They could... It could be a wonderfully harmonious society, but they're not people that align with your code of ethics of how you deal with things if they're yeah. not even give people a trial, which is one of the right. things that's most important to our society. Right, right. And so there's a lot at play here. And, and it just seems like to me, regardless of whether Linnea was dangerous in the past... She's dangerous now. Yeah. So that's where I stand with her. This was a pretty intense episode. It was. It's, it, it, it was. It was like not intense until first, we came back to to Earth. Yeah. And then we, we it's were like a with slow it. burn, and all of a sudden you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And now it feels a little bit cliffhangery. I don't know if the next episode addresses her again or not. I don't know if you're going to tell me, but well, I, I will say the next episode is Gamekeeper. Okay. And Gamekeeper, I will say, is mm. one of those. Very silly but entertaining episodes. Nice. Okay. So, okay. so we probably don't see Linnea in the next episode. You know, I'm not gonna say yes or no, but okay, you know, gotcha. But um, but yeah, no, I'm interested as to where this is going. I really dig this episode. Um, of, of the, the so far this season, this might be the way this episode ends is very intriguing, and it makes me want to know more is about this. Put this on your number one for this the season. This is my number one for the season. Ooh. Definitely is my number one for the season. Alrighty. Um, we do um, get one for crying out loud. We're we up do. to nineteen for so far. Lucky number nineteen. Um, I think I put this episode. Um, uh, I don't think it beats out Serpent's Layer for me. Okay. But the question is, is it above the line of duty or not? Oh. And that is something I'm not entirely... You know what? I think it still does beat out line of duty. I okay. mean, we learned some really interesting things in line of duty, but this one, again, for entertainment level, I just sure. find this one interesting. For a lot of the same questions, I've always, at the end of the episode questioned whether she was actually you know her past love, was good or evil i love the door that this opened and and whether this becomes something that we come back to or not i still yeah. like it because if we come back to it awesome i yeah. would love to see what we'll come back to if we don't then it's got that donnie darko thing where yeah. it's like i have no fucking idea what this is <laughs> yeah but every time i watch it i'm gonna come up with a yeah, different yeah. answer and Daniel almost dies in this, but not quite. So we're right. not quite counting it. So no deaths this episode. One for crying out loud, and that's where we're at. Yep, yep. No DuckTales references. I made it through oh, the whole thing. Oh, man. I blame the alcohol and cold medication. <laughs> <laughs> I just did not have the brain for it. So uh, anything else about this episode? <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm pretty happy with it. I think it. we covered and, enough uh, things. Yeah, it's yeah, quite I'm, a long episode so I'm far. I'm really, really excited to see whether Linnea comes back or not. Well, stay tuned after the music. I oh, do yeah. have a future According to Stargate segment once uh, Grace leaves later tonight after the Oscars are on. It'll be a late (laughs) recording. Uh, So you can find this on Twitter at at Tara Podcast. You can email us at there's no place like Tara at gmail.com. If you're talking about future stuff, please put spoilers. Or if you had feedback on the future according to Stargate segment, please let me know. Just put spoilers in there. Um, and you can find us at Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. And to anyone who's emailed us lately, uh, we love you guys. You guys are so awesome. We've had such a, a run on amazing love-filled emails, and we send everyone internet hugs. And yeah, I, I really, this is, it's so much fun to know that people are listening. I may or may not have cried after a couple emails, because <laughs> it really is just fun times. Because you're full of the feels. <laughs> and I have all of the feels all the time. It is very easy to make me cry. I cried at puppies 
being read to by children oh, in a shelter. Oh, that was a really cute video. Holy moly. If There's, you need a picture. Do you remember where that was and what it's state it was? It's in Kansas City. It was a shelter in Kansas City, Missouri, where they take children to read to shelter like dogs. first and second grade kids. Yeah, and they read to shelter dogs because shelter dogs are shy and shy dogs don't get adopted. I'm going to cry right now. And so <laughs> in reading to them, they get the, the dogs interested and so they learn to come up to the front of, of their cage and if the dogs are at the front of the cage, they're more like they're more like to get adopted and the kids are getting experience reading out loud and the video has these couple dogs and they're like the most interested and they're tilting their head and they're like following along in the book and it's the cutest thing. It is the sweetest thing in the world. If you need to pick me up, listen to it or or watch the video. Um, Basically what I'm saying is we love you guys. Yes. (laughs) Email us a comment. Rate us on iTunes. All the things. You guys are awesome. You guys are the best. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. everyone to the future according to Stargate, the uh, spoiler section here at the end of the podcast where it's just me, Nixie, alone. I mean, Kaylee's in the room. She's thankfully avoiding the squeaker in her her toy at the moment. Um, If you hear a squeaker, it's Kaylee has brought all of her toys into the studio for the moment. Um, So there's sort of, there's two bits that I want to talk to you um, faithful listeners in this section. One of them is about the episode and one of them is kind of a larger piece that will be a a ongoing discussion discovery piece. So obviously the big spoiler, the big topic in this episode is Linnea herself. Um, We do see her again in uh, Past and Present on the third season I believe I actually blanked on what season this comes up on um you know Grace is as wanting to see Linnea again as I was the first time I saw this and I really wanted her to come back as a really awesome bad guy like just you know this really interesting adversary and then they have the guilt of you know they let her loose and all this kind of stuff um and we we do and we don't see that you know when we see her again she has um she's like 50 years younger she's lost her memory uh her name is now uh kira i just assume it's you know taken from Kira and Deep Space Nine, because I'm a Star Trek nerd. Uh, it's spelled different, I think. Um, and we basically realize that she has no clue who she was. And she's actually this really nice, sweet person who Daniel hits on at this point. You know, his wife's dead, so he can hit on every everyone he wants, guilt-free. Um, and... She she lost her memory while trying to find this fountain of youth, and it didn't really work, and people were sort of reverted back ages, and they matched the DNA up, and it's Linnea. And slowly she starts to remember these things, and she's kind of horrified of what this previous her did, that that's inside of her in order to, you know, the, the ability to kill these people. And I get the gist in 
that episode, looking back, that this was not an accident. Like, I was sort of arguing in the main cast with Grace that, you know, she was sort of the the scapegoat of it. You kind of get the impression present that, no, she just decided to, uh, you know, fuck with people. And I don't know whether it was to have fun or whatever, but, yeah, she killed half that planet and that on her own. Um Needless to say, she ends up in that episode exposing herself to the uh, mist gas again, whatever it was that uh, took her, blocked her memory. She doesn't de-age again, but she does have her memory wiped and she turns through the gate and you give, she gives this smile back, I think to Daniel, not just to SG-1 as a whole. And she has this very cryptic smile on her face and it kind of ends in the same way that this one ends you know, did she actually have her memories wiped or was she playing them again to get free? Even after that episode, I really wanted to see her again. I find this character... I love highly intelligent villains or enemies or whatever you want to call them, adversaries. I love them when they outsmart the team and... Man, Linnea can outsmart the team. She played them like a fiddle. Um, So I'm really kind of bummed that we don't see Linnea again in full Linnea. We get, you know, a character, like an offshoot character, I feel. Um, You know, that's definitely, I feel, a character they could have brought back, you know, in seasons five, six, seven, nine... This show goes on forever. I love it. Uh, and unfortunately, we never do. So it'll be fun in in a while when we watch Past and Present and, and see the realization on Grace's face when we realize that this is Linnea. I think it's going to be... Uh, it'll be a fun thing. I'm going to... When we watch this episode, I'm going to keep an eye on her and track her and see how long it takes for her to put, to put two and two together to make a guess. But... Um, and also, this is, this is a small little tiny detail. I used to just kind of mention this stuff in the podcast to Grace, because it's not necessarily a huge spoiler, but since we have this future curtain to Stargate segment, um, in we're talking about Jack's prison time on if Jack actually spent time in prison, and in A Matter of Time, which I think is in this season, if I remember correctly, um... We find out that Jack spent four months in an Iraqi prison because there was he was on a mission. He was left for you know captured and essentially left for dead. I think he made a reference of this earlier. Where um, in solitude, this may have been the same mission where he's like he had to get himself out. This may have been the same mission. Then again, he may have gone on a lot of Black Ops missions and they just kind of all blur together. So <laughs> for him and for us. Um, so the bigger sort of discussion that I didn't this to me I felt like this was much too big of a subject for me to completely cross reference and come up with an answer in this podcast. So I think this is going to be one of those ones that sort of trails over a couple podcasts and honestly I don't necessarily think this is a question that I can have an answer to. So uh, a couple weeks ago we got a email from a lovely listener and brought up the point that in one of the early casts, I explained to Grace that the Gould came to Earth 
took the persona of existing gods and ran with it. You know, oh, you're worshiping Ra? Oh no, I'm Ra, worship me now. So, and he brought up the point of, he's always thought it was Ra existed, but he came to earth and sort of, oh, look at me, I'm a god and my name's Ra. So why don't you worship me now? Um, And I came to realize that you know, I don't really know. The kind of both sides make sense. And I think they mentioned both sides at some point of another. So it sounds like from starting to really look into this, that there is no right answer to this, that this is a discussion that is still being debated on forum boards. Okay, maybe not to this day. I don't think there's a ton of forum boards out there for uh, Stargate. We should totally start one again. Uh, but it. It sounds like that even the writers and the show wasn't quite sure which route they wanted to go down. So I came, I kind of came up with maybe it's sort of a middle ground. Um, you know, I did read, there is the whole concept of the fact that it's a lot more powerful when, if you are a evil parasite, who wants to rule over a people, it's a lot more powerful to come to a people who are already worshiping a god. There's already this following that exists to that god and just kind of show up and go, I'm that person. They already believe in that character. And so you have a lot more. You already have the power over the people instead of having to sort of cultivate that power. Um, but at the same time, a lot of the ghoul that we see don't really fit the personality descriptions of the god that they share a name with. So you have this sort of back and forth. Um, we do have some quotes, you know, even in the pilot episode, um, Daniel said, he's like, not as in God, God, Ra played a god, the sun god. He borrowed the religion and the culture of the ancient Egyptians. He brought through the gate and then he used it to enslave them. You see, he wanted the people of Abydos to believe that he was the only one. So that still doesn't necessarily answer the question of, did Ra take the persona of Ra that existed already in mythology? Or was there a sun god already being worshipped, whether he had a name, whether he didn't have necessarily a single name? And he sort of went... Oh, you see the sun god that you're worshiping? I'm that sun god. My name is Ra. Which to me, I think makes the most sense. It's kind of a hybrid between the two. You know, they already have the personality and they are simply picking a belief that may not have a specific name in this sort of earlier culture and sort of sticking his way on in there and wiggling in some room. <laughs> um, you know, in... Demons, which is in season three, again, because Daniel's the one talking about all this stuff, said that uh, most gold we've encountered have enslaved ancient human populations, have taken on the roles of the culture's deities. Ra, Apophis, Hathor from the Egyptian pantheon. And in there they're talking, they thought sort of the Unas was playing sort of God God, capital G. Turns out he was playing sort of the devil, uh, Satan. Um, but I think this is, in that case, 
with some of the Unas, with some of the Gould, I do think they're coming in sort of after the fact and taking the names and taking the concepts that people are already worshipping. But at the same time, you have people, the races like the Asgard, who clearly are the template for the Roswell Greys in today's culture. Um, but in the, in the Norse mythology, you know, there I get the feeling that like maybe Ra and Apophis and these major Egyptian Gould, want to call them that got here early enough that they were sort of able to take on you know thor took the thunder god that people were worshiping and gave that thunder god a name and has a completely different relationship with the people who you know worship him than the egyptian ghoul do uh, or any of the ghoul do uh um because when it comes down to it the ghoul are parasites they are going to take advantage of whatever they can for power. If the little, the least amount of work they can do for the maximum amount of power, that's the route they're going to go down. And I think the Asgard oh, were much more of a cultivating the human race and seeing the potential in the people. You know, possibly they already they also saw that the Gould were getting tangled up in this planet and were trying to do what they could to counteract that influence on the planet. Um, so when it comes down to it, I don't necessarily think in looking at this, that there is an answer versus did they steal the identities of already worshipped gods or did they come in and create a religion and mythos around them? I, I'm kind of thinking it's a hybrid of the two. I'm really interested in sort of looking more into this concept. If you guys have any thoughts of it. Uh, of if you can think of specific times um, where it kind of said one way or the other, please let me know. Um, I have a hunch that this is definitely one of those things that depended on who was writing the episode uh, as to what the idea was, because <laughs> um, it does not seem to be consistent um, between races, Asgard versus Gould, or... Um, even specific gods, even, you know, characters like Ball or, or, you know, Sokar, I think just, I think they, uh, depends on the episode, depends what the plot needs is sort of depends on, on how the idea originated in, in humans. So, um, that's pretty much it for my future according to Stargate segments this week. Um, Next week will be Gamekeeper, and so it's going to be interesting for me to to sort of isolate out some things about Daniel's past that would benefit not having Grace know yet. Um, sort of see what's self-contained in the episode, the same with sort of Jack and Kowalski and all that. So uh, I think that'll be fun, but I hope you guys have a great week. And we will see you next week on There's No Place Like Terra. Bye.